From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. On Friday, after serving for a decade on the front line of New South Wales politics, nearly half of that as the state's premier, Gladys Berejiklian suddenly resigned. Her shocking departure from the top job has left the state in political turmoil in the midst of a pandemic. It's also raised important questions about political accountability and transparency. Today, national correspondent for the Saturday paper, Mike Seckham, on why Gladys Berejiklian resigned and what happens next in New South Wales. It's Monday, October 4. Mike, what was the moment that Gladys Berejiklian's premiership was first put into doubt? Well, really, it it goes back 12 months to hearings of the Independent Commission Against Corruption, better known as ICAC, which was investigating allegations that the former Liberal MP for the state seat of Wagga Wagga, Daryl Maguire, had breached public trust between 2012 and 2018. Did you have any understanding as to whether there was any restrictions in your right to engage in what I call outside employment? So in the property development industry, be they in areas of export, import or or anything else? I didn't didn't believe that I had restrictions. So the allegations against him were that he was using his public office and his parliamentary resources to improperly gain a benefit for himself and or entities close to him. And at ICAC, under questioning, Maguire admitted that he had indeed used his parliamentary staff and resources to pursue his private business interests. Well, it's my, under- well, it's my understanding that I could do um, personal activities, whether it be business investment and things that I already existed, but I should have understood He'd effectively turned his Parliament House office into an office for his own company called Gateway International. He basically set himself up as an influence broker for various property developers. And the suggestion was that he could help make things happen at a political level through his connections. Anyway, it was deeply dodgy and it ended up with Maguire leaving the Parliament and ICAC um, has now recommended that he be criminally prosecuted. So that was the Maguire story. Where, where it impinges on Berejiklian, of course, is that it emerged during this hearing that Maguire was in a relationship with the Premier, with Gladys Berejiklian. Were you in a close personal relationship with Ms Berejiklian? Uh, yes. yes. Are, you, are you still in a close personal relationship with Ms Berejiklian? Oh, not after the events of this, I wouldn't be. Mm, I remember that. It was quite a surprise to everyone. No one had known about this relationship and there were immediately a lot of questions about whether Gladys Berejiklian had known about what Daryl Maguire was doing, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, and, and you're right, it was a, a bombshell for absolutely everybody. You know, everybody in her party, all of the media, everyone watching. So she was one of those people you could discuss your future with? Uh, yes. And not just your future personally, but a potential future for both of you going forward, is that right? Yes, in a relationship, yes, that's right. And it turned out that they had been maintaining this covert relationship for close to five years, but no one knew. Family members didn't know. And Berejiklian, in admitting to the relationship, also denied knowing anything at all about the dodgy carryings on of her partner, her secret partner. This stretched a bit of credulity, I've got to say, particularly given some damning evidence that came out in relation to a a secretly tapped phone call between Maguire and Berejiklian that was played at the hearing. You know, my little friend, 
Not really. Don't worry. You do. I don't need to know. Who's your, which little friend are you talking about? With the polished head. <laughs> and um, so he was down there. I introduced yeah. him, which was good. Mm. You don't need to know what for. And so in this phone call, he's telling Berejiklian that this could alleviate, if not wipe out his massive debts, and that everything would be nice and he could ride off happily into the sunset, etc. Look, and I understand that, but this is the other thing that I'm thinking, right? I need you to process in your head what you want to do, right? But I also need to come to the realisation that it's not got anything to do with me. And she then intervenes as he's, you know, going on with the details to shut him up and say that actually she didn't want to know any more about that. And that the clear implication of that was that she knew she didn't need to know any more about that for various political and ethical reasons. Mm. And so what were the consequences of these hearings at the time, Mike? Did Gladys Berejiklian face much political blowback for this close relationship to Daryl Maguire? Well, she, she did receive a fair amount, fair amount of criticism at the time. She barely survived two motions of no confidence in the parliament following the revelations. The opposition leader of the time, Jody McKay, took to, to saying that Berejiklian was a, quote, sounding board for corruption. You said you didn't know Daryl Maguire stood to profit from a property deal he was lobbying for. Which was a, a pretty devastating line. And Berejiklian herself became increasingly testy in her responses to media questioning about all of this. The opposition can clutch at any straws they like. The truth is I've done nothing wrong and the people of New South Wales Then she embarked on sort of a public relations campaign. She went on television. Hands down, this has been one of the most difficult days of my life. I'm an extremely private person. She indicated her sorrow at the broken relationship. And uh, without question, um, I stuffed up in my personal life and I accept that. And sort of brushed it off, said it was all in the past, that he was a bad boyfriend and that she was a bit heartbroken. Uh, It's very difficult for someone in my position to have a private and personal life. And there was a lot of commentary along the lines of poor Gladys, the woman let down by her heart. But but anyway, she got away with it. Her approval ratings remained pretty high, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that, you know, at the time of those hearings, the pandemic was raging around the world and, and in Victoria. But in New South Wales, things were working relatively well. The public seemed willing to forgive her indiscretions because she appeared to be, and and in fact she is, a very competent leader. There was plenty of other stuff to to talk about and the conversation moved on. Mm. And 12 months on, Mike, things are very different. New South Wales has had its massive Delta outbreak. There's been tens of thousands of cases and we've seen hundreds of deaths now. That has taken a toll on Gladys Berejiklian's public reputation. But What was the trigger for her actual resignation? Well, on Friday, New South Wales ICAC uh, released this explosive statement. They announced that they would be holding hearings to investigate Berejiklian specifically. So, you know, before it was about Maguire and she was giving evidence. This is an investigation of her. And ICAC said it was going to probe whether Berejiklian had breached public trust when she awarded grants to several community organisations between 2012 and 2018, back when things were still hot with Daryl. And those community organisations were based in Wagga Wagga, in Daryl's seat, and ICAC said it was going to investigate any, quote, position of conflict, unquote, between her professional role and her private relationship with Maguire. That dropped, uh, and then we heard almost immediately that uh, Berejiklian would certainly be soon be making a major announcement. 
And just an hour or so after that, she fronted up, held a press conference, made a statement, took no questions. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here to make a public statement and won't be taking any questions. I've had to make an extremely difficult decision overnight. And announced her resignation. Therefore, it pains me to announce that I have no option but to resign from the office of Premier. My resignation will take effect as soon as the New South Wales Liberal Party can elect a new parliamentary leader. We'll be back after this. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Mike, last week on Friday afternoon, Gladys Berejiklian called a press conference where she announced that she was resigning as the New South Wales Premier. How did she sound to you? Well, she sounded sad, but also a bit defiant, implicitly criticising ICAC for having done this at such a critical point in, in the New South Wales COVID crisis. My resignation as Premier could not occur at a worse time, but the timing is completely outside of my control as the ICAC has chosen to take this action during the most challenging weeks of the most challenging times in the state's history. But she's a tough cookie, you know. There were no tears, there was no self-pity. She began the press conference by saying that she had to make an extremely difficult decision overnight after having been advised that ICAC would be investigating her. And she said that in the normal course of events, if it was anyone else um, in her ministry, they would have to stand aside until the matter was resolved. That same standard must always apply to me also as the Premier. However, standing aside is not an option for me as the Premier of New South Wales. The people of this state need certainty as to who their leader is during the challenging times of the pandemic. And so she announced that she had no other option but to resign from her office as Premier. And her resignation would take effect as soon as the New South Wales Liberal Party can elect a new parliamentary leader. History will demonstrate that I've always executed my duties, again, with the highest level of integrity for the benefit of the people of New South Wales, who I have had the privilege to serve. She went on, resigning at this time is against every instinct in my being. I love my job and I love serving the community, but I have been given no option following the statement that's been issued today. And, Mike, these new allegations that have ultimately forced Gladys Berejiklian to step aside. Do we know anything more about them beyond what was in that ICAC statement? A little bit. Key to the ICAC's new inquiry, allegations first um, revealed by the ABC's 7.30 program that Berejiklian, when she was treasurer and in her secret relationship with Maguire, ticked off on funding for a building development that Maguire and an associate of his sought to profit from. Ever since 7.30 revealed fresh details about the Premier's role in approving a grant pursued by Daryl Maguire, she's been facing more uncomfortable questions about an ongoing corruption inquiry into her former partner. 
And this was a grant worth uh, $5.5 million for the Australian Clay Target Association's clubhouse and convention centre in Wagga Wagga. And when Berejik Lynn was questioned about her role in the grant in Parliament, she downplayed it, I suppose, as you would expect. But documents later emerged showing that Maguire had written to her and she in turn had passed that on to the sports minister. And there was also correspondence from bureaucrats indicating an awareness that Berejiklian had a particular interest in seeing the funding happen. And anyway, she tried to downplay all of that too. And you requested a reassessment of a $5.5 million grant that Daryl McQuire stood to gain a political benefit Can you please from. stand back a bit? Thank you. Why did you do that? And isn't that a serious conflict of interest, given you were in a, ser- a secret relationship with him at the time? Firstly, the, the proposition you're putting is absolutely ridiculous. And second, all proper processes were followed. And that's all I say on the matter. Well, Thank Premier, you. We, we've seen but uh, those revelations have spurred the ICAC into expanding its investigations. And for months now, there have been rumours around the place that the Commission was going to investigate her, which, of course, we now know they have. That's an important thing to note here, is that just because Berejiklian has resigned as Premier, that doesn't mean she's off the hook. You know, the ICAC will continue its investigations. And as we know, ICAC investigations can lead in all sorts of directions. They can lead to adverse findings of corruption, and they can even result in criminal prosecutions down the track. Mm, Okay. And so... Mike, what happens to New South Wales now? I mean, the pandemic is still going on. The health system has been under a lot of pressure. It's not really an ideal time for a Premier to resign. So who's going to run the state? Well, um, Gladys, for now, she's sticking around until a new Premier can be decided in the Liberal Party room meeting on Tuesday. The front runner is the Treasurer, Dominic Perrottet. And, you know, Treasurer is normally the the sort of next step down from the Premier, so it's the logical progression. He's from the right faction of the party. He's your fiscal conservative, you know, enthusiastic privatiser and outsourcer. Personally, he's a conservative Catholic. The next most likely, I guess you would say, is the planning minister, Rob Stokes. Um, He's another moderate. One profile this week described him as being a lot like the former Premier Mike Baird. You know, progressive, likeable, quietly Christian, good-looking, which never hurts in politics, trustworthy, but maybe just a bit too nice for a job that can sometimes require a bit of mongrel. So anyway, those are your contenders. No doubt all have spent the weekend working the phones, you know, trying to shore up support, working out uh, coalitions of people from the various factions that they might be able to pull together, and we'll see how it goes. And, Mike, this is not the first time that a New South Wales Premier or a Minister has resigned as a result of inquiries by ICAC. So why does this keep happening? And does it say something about the way that New South Wales is run? Well, I do think it does, actually. And I think what it says is actually good. There's there's no reason really to believe that this state is actually more corrupt and more prone to dodgy dealings and pork barrelling than other jurisdictions, including the federal government. The difference is New South Wales has a strong anti-corruption body in ICAC. And that shines a light into these dark corners. So, you know, ironically, we look worse because we actually have higher standards. The circumstances of the inquiry into Berejiklian are not that different from the sports rorts scandal and several others involving the use of hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, by the Morrison government to partisan ends. So, you know, what this highlights again is is the need for a similar body to ICAC at a federal level with real powers you know, not like uh, not like what the, the Morrison government keeps talking about and not delivering. 
Mm. Mike, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Also in the news today, the New South Wales Transport Minister Andrew Constance has announced his resignation from state politics. Constance was considered a contender for the Liberal Party leadership following Gladys Berejiklian's resignation, but has instead decided to leave state parliament and contest the federal seat of Gilmore. And Victoria recorded 1,220 new cases of COVID-19 on Sunday, while New South Wales recorded 667 cases, the lowest daily number since August. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.